you, Jesus. Go and clap your hands to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. What a great God. Glad to be in his house. Glad to be in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad that we don't just come to his house, but we come into his presence. And, uh, you know, it's, you, don't, you don't want to go to somebody's house and they not be there. That's breaking and entering. We, 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 we want to come and be in his presence. I uh, come to, to see him. I didn't just come to, to look, at the, look at the house, look at the room. But I come to see him, to see his glory, to feel his presence, to hear from his word tonight. And I'm thankful to be here with him tonight. And uh, thank you for being here on uh, Wednesday night. And like I said, the, the youth classes and all there. They're having their uh, end of the quarter parties and different things like that. And we might hear them or see them. I think they're having some kind of water activities. So if you've got kids, they'll probably be wet when church is over with. So I uh, hope you brought a towel. We're glad to have um, Brother Anthony Brown with us. He's interning at UGA. Um, he is from Brother Nate Rios' church in Mississippi, and uh, we met Brother Rios years ago. He, he preached our camps, and man, we just got to make a connection with him, and uh, just a great, great man, And uh, but we're glad to have Brother Anthony with us, so you make yourself at home, brother. We're glad to have you with us. Exodus chapter 14, Exodus 14, and just may not be very long tonight, just something to encourage you. Maybe to give you a little perspective in what you're going through tonight. Exodus 14 and 10, it says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. The children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. So we're going to talk just a little while tonight on this thought. Stand still and see. Let's pray, for, let's pray together for the lesson tonight. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you're always with us no matter the trial or test. Open our ears to hear what you would say to the church tonight, God. Encourage us and strengthen us by your word. Father, we'll give you praise and glory for it. and We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word tonight. What a great God. He's a faithful God. Always there. We don't need to forget it. You can be seated. God bless you tonight in the name of the Lord. 
So stand still and see. You know, Israel had just experienced the greatest act of deliverance that the world had known to that point. There were millions of them, and they were uh, delivered and brought out of Egypt. They were not just, uh, you know, Egypt's neighbors. They belonged to Egypt. They were servants. They were slaves. They were servants to Egypt. Uh, and God, through miraculous power, had shown them that he had heard their cry and had come to deliver them from the bonds of the taskmaster. He was there to set them free. And it was amazing to me, it always is, is how quickly Israel forgets that they've got a God. Where we pick up right here, they have, they have left Egypt, and not just left, uh, I mean, like by the skin of their teeth. I mean, the Egyptians were ushering them out. They were loading them down with everything they would need and more. They were spoiling the Egyptians as they left. They were a lot richer in their deliverance than they had been in their servitude. And now they find themselves uh, with God leading them by a cloud by day and fire by night. There's no doubt of the supernatural presence of the Lord. Uh, he's still showing them that it's me that brought you out and I'm still with you as we go. But now they find themselves at the banks of the Red Sea and as uh, they begin to look behind them, it says they lifted up their eyes and they saw the Egyptians and now they were so afraid. To the natural eye, to their carnal mind, it, it looked like this was the end. And now they were upset with Moses. Why did you do this? You know, why didn't you just leave us alone? We told you to leave us alone, leave us in Egypt. Let us just continue, uh, be continually serving the Egyptians. Let us just, it'd be better if we were slaves in Egypt. You brought us out here uh, in the desert to die. You know, we had graves in Egypt. We could have died there. It would have been fine. You should have just left us alone. They began to attack this man who had preached their deliverance, stood up to their taskmaster, proclaimed liberty. Uh, God said, let my people go. And then they forget the miracles. They forget the deliverance. They forget the protection. They forget all the spoiling. To sum it up, they simply forgot that God is faithful. That God did not come down to uh, trick them or trouble them or, or cause them to have some kind of false hope. But God came to do a complete work in bringing them forth out of Egypt. God is faithful. In the book of Deuteronomy, God would speak to his people or Moses would speak and remind them it is because the Lord loved you. God loves you. And he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers and he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is the only God and he is the faithful God and he keeps covenant and mercy with them uh, that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. We cannot forget that God is faithful. And you and I can't forget now that God has delivered us and brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light that he's faithful. Sometimes the things that used to hold you in bondage will try to chase you down. 
But that doesn't mean, just because it's coming doesn't mean that God hadn't delivered you. They were still delivered. They were no longer slaves. They were free. And just because the enemy is still coming after you doesn't mean that God didn't do a complete work and that now you're going to be a failure and subject to go back to the things that used to hold you down. You've got to remember that God is faithful. Stand still and see what God will do. Too many times we run and we hide and we give up and we surrender and we backtrack and we, we you know, if they had a went back and pleaded to Pharaoh, please let us come back, he would have killed them there in the desert because they did not want servants again. They were furious uh, at uh, what God had done to them. They were, uh, they hated uh, the Hebrews. They wanted to destroy all of them. They didn't come to bring them back. They came to take them out. But God is not going to let the enemy that he delivered you from take you out. Do you hear me? That God is on your side. God is fighting for us. Come on, pushing back the darkness. Don't you know tonight that God is on your side? Oh, I know sometimes in our mind we can go by what we see. And that's the problem. Because what we see oftentimes will cause us to, uh, to mistrust the God that has been so faithful to us. In Proverbs 3 and 5, it tells me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to lean not on my own understanding. The problem is, is that our understanding often comes from what we see. You see, it's said that the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and they saw the Egyptians and that made them afraid. They simply assumed that what they saw uh, was greater than the God they served. Friend, let me tell you, one writer in the book of Psalms, he said, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people, though they set themselves round about me. Let me tell you, he said, I'm not worried about what it looks like because I'll walk by faith and not by sight. I know that God is for me, and if God be for me, then who can be against me? Friend, let me tell you, there's a level of faith when you start trusting God. We have faith for our salvation. But friend, then we have to trust God to keep us in this life. And there's something that happens when you start trusting God. When our mind is stayed on him, it says he will keep us in perfect peace. And no matter what's going on, peace is not the absence of the storm. It's just knowing you're going to survive it. Peace is not the absence of the enemy. It's just knowing that he can't beat you. Hey, let me tell you, peace is not the absence of temptation. It's just knowing that you can beat it through him because I can still do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Oh, I wish somebody could understand what I'm trying to tell you tonight. That we don't ever need to try to retreat and we don't ever need to try to surrender because God is fighting for us. God is on our side. And sometimes what we see, well, sometimes what we see uh, it can cause us to not trust this God that has been so faithful. Let me tell you today, what you know is greater than what you see. Let me tell you, I see a lot of trouble in this world, but I know God has got it all in his hand. I can see things, hey, they can show me the doctor's report, but I know God is a healer. 
They can show me the pink slip, but I know that God is a provider. Let me tell you, they can show me destruction, but I can tell you that God is a builder of the waste places. What I know is a lot greater than what I see. And I see this world uh, uh, acting like it's running things, but friend, I know that God has got it in his hand. And friend, when I start wondering about what's going on in my life, what I know about what God did is greater than what I see. When I see myself struggling, it doesn't change the fact that I know he called me out of the world. It doesn't change the fact that I know he washed me in his blood and he filled me with the Holy Ghost. What I know about God is greater than what I see happening in this world. What I know from his word is greater than what I get from the news or from from, uh, other sources on the internet. All this misrepresentation of what's happening in the world. I read the word of God and I trust the word of God. We don't have to bury our heads in the sand. But man, when are we going to start just believing and trusting God? Looks like the enemy's riding down upon us, Pastor. Let him ride. God's got a plan for him. God's got a plan for him. Listen, when we we can just start walking by faith and not by sight, when we don't, don't lean on your own understanding, Because your own understanding is the carnal mind. And the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity with God. It don't line up with God. And the carnal mind, it can't be subject to God. When you start thinking carnally, you're not walking by faith. When you start relying on your own understanding, you're not having faith in the word of God. Because our own understanding could never come up with this book. And all the fairy tales and all the writers in the world that have been since they started writing fiction and, and all these things, this, um, mythological things. And, and, and man, you, you just read all these books and it, it seems like incredible, great things. People, they come up with so much crazy stuff and they can write so many fantasies. But this is not fantasy. This is the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. And when I can start trusting the word of God and living by the word of God... Oh, it helps get this carnal mind under subjection. And I just start trusting God no matter what happens. It's not that you're not going to be afraid. Psalm 56 and 3, there is a reaction to fear that the believer should have. In what time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. Just let that stay there for a minute. There should be a response to fear from every believer. And it shouldn't be quitting surrendering, running away, giving up, throwing in the towel, going back to where you came from, wishing you could go back to where you came from. It should be, then what time I'm afraid, it will simply increase my trust in the Lord. You see, when they saw the Egyptians, it said they were so afraid. And instead of saying, hey, God, you brought us out, so I know you'll take care of it. They turned around and they started cursing the man of God. They started regretting their decision to leave. They started wishing they could go back. Honey, ain't nothing ever happened so bad that I wish I could go back to where I come from. Do, you, do we remember where God brought us from? Do we remember the hell hole that God found us in? Do you remember the back alley or the bar stool or the drug den that he found you in? Do you remember the abuse or, the, or whatever it was that he found you in and called you out of? Are you going to tell me that something has happened that makes you want to go back to that? Woo! 
I ain't going back. I'm going to trust God. I believe in God. I believe he brought me out for a purpose. I believe God is invested in my salvation. I believe that God loves me and he's a keeper. And I believe he'll keep me through whatever comes my way. Sometimes you just got to stand still and see. You can't let the trouble that you see erode your trust in the God that has been so faithful. When you start thinking about God filled you with his spirit, don't let the trouble, the trial, the test, the mess up, the slip up, the mistake, the temptation cause you to forget or not trust the God that has loved you and been there for you every step of the way. He's faithful. Woo! I wish we, we could get it and say, Lord, I want to be as faithful to you as you are to me. Listen, you can't give up just because you don't see a solution. Sometimes all we see is the problem. And that was what was up with Israel. All they saw was the problem. All I see are the chariots with the spears and the arrows and the swords. And they're coming to take our life and that's all I can see. Listen, God is our solution. And so that means you're going to rarely see what God's going to work out. Because the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. You're going to have to trust that God is there. You're going to have to trust that God is going to step in. You're going to have to trust that God will make a way. But boy, when all we do is look at the problem, that's when we start blaming. We start panicking. We start wishing I would, I'd never started this journey. The solution is invisible, my friend. God rarely shows us what he's going to do, but you can trust that he's going to do it. We used to sing an old song, I'm trusting in the unseen hand. Oh, man, we need to get back to trusting in the unseen hand, knowing that God is there. I've had people say, I wish I could see what he was going to do. Well, you stand still long enough and you'll see it. They had no idea how they would get out of this, what's going to happen. It said that they, when they lifted up their eyes, all they saw was the problem. But the man of God stood up and said, I got a word from the Lord. He said to the people, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Let me tell you, God is about to change what you're seeing. All they saw was a problem. He said, but you're about to see a solution. If you'll stop freaking out, if you'll stop giving up, and if you'll just keep on trusting God, he's going to change your view. You're going to still see them for a little bit, but you're going to see what I'm going to do about it. Or if we could just keep trusting God and let God change our point of view. Because he said, these Egyptians that you see today, you will see them no more. Woo! Well, what's that mean? He said, I'm about to get rid of what's coming after you. This thing that's trying to run you down, this thing that's chasing after you, I'm about to get rid of it in your life. And friend, we need to start remembering that when he buried them in the water, it's just like when we're baptized in his name. The Bible says Israel was baptized unto Moses in the midst of the Red Sea. And when they came out the other side of the water, the water closed up on what was chasing them. And they saw it no more. When you go down in that water in the name of Jesus, 
everything that was held you in bondage, everything that made you a slave, everything that worked against you, and everything that would want to come back and grab you. He covered it up. They could remember the Egyptians, but you don't have to see them no more. You might remember where God brought you from, but you don't have to let it be in your life anymore. You don't let it have to have victory over you anymore. You don't have to let it worry you no more because God called you out. He said, let them try to follow, but it can't come through the water. What, what you went down in the water with can't come out with you. If you went down in that water in faith in the name of Jesus, what went down stays down and a new creature comes up. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and old things are passed away and all things are made new. Come on, somebody. You're going to be successful when you start living in the plan of the word of God. When you start believing, hey, I am a new creature. No matter what I see in the mirror, I know that the blood of Jesus washed me whiter than snow. I know that the Holy Ghost moved on the inside of me and I'm not the same. I might have things chasing after me, but God's got an answer for that. He said, you got an enemy, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's after you. You got an enemy of the soul. Ain't no doubt about it, but you got a God. Hello, you got a God. And sometimes we just need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes we see the problem, but can you remember what God said? Can you remember what God has done? And can you believe that he's going to be faithful in all of it? You know, like I said, it's when our carnal mind, we, our own understanding, it, all it sees is the, the, the catastrophe. It sees the problem. It sees the disaster. When Peter started walking on water, you know what got him in trouble? His carnal mind, as he looked at the wind and the waves, he said, nobody should be out here, but the Lord was out there. He said, I want to come to you, Lord. I want to walk to you, Lord. And God's word said, you can do it, come. And he started doing it. But somewhere, what he saw became greater in his mind than what he heard because faith comes by hearing. And so he let what he saw, and he, it, 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 he was interpreting that with his carnal mind. He said, I ought to be dying. I ought to be sinking. I ought to be drowning. And guess what? He started, yeah, you start thinking that, that's what will start happening. But if he could have just remembered that word, come on out here to me, he'd have went all the way. But that don't mean God cast him away. God went, God reached down and got him. The Lord, he cried out, and Jesus picked him up. They went back to the boat together. Jesus is not going to forsake you because you have a little wavering in your faith. He knows sometimes we're going to waver in our faith. But it's his desire that our faith fail not. Maybe he was reminding Peter of that when he said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not because uh, do you remember that Red Sea incident? Remember when you was walking in faith and you started sinking? I don't want to see you sinking no more, Peter. I don't want to see you going down no more. I want you to stand up and fight. I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to believe that I'm going to be there for you. You got to trust God because, friend, let me tell you, his word supersedes anything that our carnal mind can think. And when he said, come, it gave a man ability to walk on top of things that should have drowned him. You know why, he, why Peter started crying out? 
Because he said, I can drown out here. But when he was walking by faith, he was walking on top of the things that ought to drown him. You hear what I'm saying to you? These things that try to overwhelm you and try to push you down and pull you under, you can walk on top of these things in the name of Jesus. You can put these things, that's why you can put it under your feet. Walk on it. Just trust God. Moses said, you stand still and see. You see what God will do. Listen, you choose what you see out of faith or fear. It just depends on how you look at it. Faith is not blind. We've said this before. Sometimes people say, oh, faith is blind. Who said that? It just says we walk by faith, not by sight. But I can still see because look how many things I see because of my faith. And so when he said, stand still and see, he said, you're, you're, you, you'll choose what to see out of faith or fear. You, you see an army coming, and if you don't have faith in God, you're going to be afraid. And you're going to see your destruction. And you're going to see the end coming. But when you have faith in God, when your faith is greater than your fear, when, when what time you are afraid, uh, instead of giving up, you say, I'm going to trust. Whenever fear comes, trust should be our response, that I'm going to trust God. The Bible says they that trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. It ain't going nowhere. Let me tell you something about them mountains. They still have storms on the mountain. Yeah, it still gets cold up on the mountain. They can have wildfires on the mountain. They, they can have all sorts of bad, dangerous, terrible, take-your-life weather on a mountain. Stone Mountain gets struck thousands of times by lightning every year but it's still there. And the Lord said, if you'll trust me, you'll be just like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. It'll abide the storm. It'll abide the heat. It'll abide the cold in the night and the day or whatever comes its way. It will still be standing there. For all the seasons, uh, for as long as I've been alive, I've, uh, that, that mountain's still there. When I'm driving down 78 towards Snailville, you get to a certain point, you go, there it is. It's still there. I've been looking at it since I was a kid. Well, let me tell you, when you start trusting the Lord, people are going to say, as long as I've been coming to church, they've been there. I've seen them go through trials and tests and disease and sickness and all sorts of things and tragedies in their life, but they're still there. Because, honey, when you start trusting God, let me tell you, something else happens. You can have faith. And, man, we got to have faith. But faith and trust ain't the same thing. It just ain't the same thing. When you start trusting God, your faith goes into overdrive. Man, that's like a turbocharger on your faith, man. That's, that's something going to happen when you start trusting God. Because you can have faith and believe what Jesus says, but trust will make you walk. Trust will get you moving. Peter trusted God and he stepped out of the boat. Listen, you, we, we choose what we see out of faith or fear. What are you looking at? When you see things going wrong, are you trusting God or you say, oh, this is the end of me? And that job falls through. Oh, I guess God don't love me. What? You know? Ah. The Bible says, you know, time and chance happens to us all. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Some people see rain as a blessing. You're a farmer, you're like, praise God. 
You plan on the parade, you upset. It just depends on what you're doing in your life, on how you look at what comes. From it. Rain comes from the Lord, but it depends on where you are and how you look at it. And friend, I'm his child. And whatever God does, I know it's right. Whatever God does, I know it's true. Whatever God's doing, I'm going to be with it. I'm with his plan because he ain't never made no mistakes. And he, guess what? He's not going to make a mistake with your life. It ain't like, I used to coach ball. I'd get a guy out there and I'd watch him a little bit and I'd say, oh, he'd be good right over here. On, maybe he'll be good at, at shortstop. And he was horrible at shortstop. Good ball player, just one shortstop. So I said, I got to move you. I made a mistake. You don't need to be there. Sorry, I put you there. And find a place. I'd find where he fit. Oh, he's better in right field or left field. You know, he can find his place. But see, God's not like that. He doesn't call us out and say, hmm, no, I shouldn't put them there. Nope, shouldn't have done that. God knows right where you need to be. And when God calls you, he didn't make a mistake. He didn't mess up. He didn't say, oh, no. You know, God's not going to tap me on the shoulder when they say, you know, I know you've been pastoring 16 years now, but pastoring just ain't what you do. I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, I got to start over now? What? No, he didn't make a mistake. Oh, I could look at my, I could look at my resume and think, I don't know how God picked me. <laughs> oh, I don't know what he was thinking. I tell you what, I ain't got to know what he's thinking. He's God. I trust whatever he's thinking, no matter what it is. And just because, friend, we don't see a solution doesn't mean there isn't one. They didn't see a bridge. They didn't see a boat. They didn't see no cave to hide in. They didn't see nothing. All they saw was a man that said, come on, let's leave this place. And so they said, we're going to take it out on him. Hey, just because you don't see the solution doesn't mean you won't see it. Moses said, if you'll stand still, you will see it. But if you're turned around looking back at the enemy, you'll never see what God's doing on this side. You've got to keep looking in the direction God's leading you. And he led them to the Red Sea. So keep looking that way. If they'd have never turned around and looked back, they wouldn't have had to worry about it. Too many times we're looking back at things that God's already got power over that God's already given us victory over, that God's already brought us out of. And we will turn back around and look at it and think, ooh, that's scary. <laughs> well, keep looking this way. Keep looking at the Lord. That ain't scary. Keep going the way he wants you to go. So Moses said, stand still and, and see because God will show you today. There's going to come a day where God's going to say, look, here's what I've done. This is what I had planned all along. Oh, just think if you'd have got off the exit ramp too soon, you'd have missed it. That's what we do. We get off the exit ramp too soon. This road that we're walking with God, we, we think, mm, here's a shortcut. Don't let your GPS lie to you. You stay with God. You stick with him. You walk with him. You follow him. You listen to him. God rarely shows us how he's going to do it. We must trust that he will do it. All you got to remember is that God will never let you down. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and 14, Paul said, here's how God works in our situations. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He said, you're going to be tempted, but that don't change God's faithfulness. 
You're going to be tried. There's going to be things happening in your life, but God is faithful. And not only is he faithful, he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. And you may think you know yourself better than God knows you, but you don't. God knows how much you can take if you'll trust him. God knows that you can take anything if you'll trust him. God knows you can come through the darkest night, through the valley of the shadow of death. You can come up the rough side of the mountain and down the slick side. Friend, let me tell you, you can make it through any miry pit, horrible pit, miry clay. It don't matter what it is. You can run through a troop and leap over a wall. There ain't nothing that can stop you. And God knows that. There ain't nothing that can stop you if you'll trust me for all things are possible to him that believes. So God said, listen, I won't let you be tempted above what you're able because I do know that you're human and I do know that you have emotions and I do know that you're flesh. I understand that. So with the temptation, I'll make a way of escape so you can bear it. I'll give you a way out. And let me tell you, he gave them a way out. But you're going to have to stand still sometimes so you can see it and stop bailing out before you get to the answer. Hello. He said, listen, God is active in your deliverance. He said, I'll make a way of escape. You think God ever made a way of escape that didn't work? Friend, he opened up the Red Sea. He took that cloud. Hey, it didn't happen all at once, but he took that cloud. And he said, let me put this right here behind you. And now to y'all it's light, but to the enemy it's dark. They can't see nothing. They don't know what's happening on the other side of this cloud. And he's rolling back the Red Sea. And he let the wind blow all night so the ground get good and dry so they wouldn't get bogged down as they was going through. And he let all them people walk across on dry ground. And even when the enemy, and, and I'm sure that when they looked back and saw the enemy coming, maybe it, it, they picked up the pace a little bit. But God had to bring them through the water so he could get rid of them. He said, I, I want you to know they're not going to bother you no more after today. And he closed the water up on them. God will make a way of escape that you are able to bear it. But here's the thing in verse 14, he, he this statement right here, I was thinking, why, why did he put this right here? But he said, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And I was reading this today, and I was going over it in my mind, and, and, and it's just like, Lord, I, why? Why is this right here? You're talking about you working in our deliverance. You're there to make a way of escape. You're going to take care of us. He says, because people treat me like an idol. And I started thinking about what the scripture said about idols. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have ears, but they cannot hear. He said, people are treating me like I can't see, like I can't speak, and like I can't hear. But I am active in their deliverance if they'll trust me. He says, so since God is active in your life, quit treating him like an idol. 
Quit treating him like he's a piece of wood carved up that has eyes that cannot see, ears that cannot hear, and a mouth that cannot speak. Because we see the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not short that it cannot save, and his ear is not heavy that it can't hear. And friend, God is a speaking God. He's not an idol. He's not fashioned by the hands of man. No carnal mind came up with him, but he is the creator, the almighty, the savior, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. He is the holy one of Israel. He is our God. Oh, I'm thankful tonight that he's active in my deliverance and in my salvation. The Bible says that we commit the keeping of our soul unto him as unto a faithful creator. The Bible says in, in uh, Philippians 1 and 6, he said that he that begun a good work in you, he said he will perform it. If he began it, he's going to finish it. If he started, he's going to finish it. He said he will finish it and he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. But don't you know until that day you're going to have trials, tests, and troubles, but God still got plans on finishing it? He didn't say uh, uh, that uh, he which begun a good work in you will keep you from everything, it won't rain on you. Oh, you won't never stump your toe. You won't never skin your knee. You won't never slip up and say something you shouldn't. You won't, you won't never have nobody lie or cheat or backstab you or gossip about you. You're just going to have it so It's just going to be the yellow brick road all the way to heaven. That ain't what he said. He said, I'm just going to do what I said I would do no matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter the trial, the test, no matter what comes your way, I'll be there. I'll never leave you or forsake you. We can't forget how great a deliverance. You know, the deliverance from Egypt is so much, such a mirror to the new birth that we have. Because before they left, that, that night was the first Passover where they killed the lamb and the blood was applied. And that's what kept them alive. Because they had, he said, when I see the blood on the, on the doorpost, he said, I'll pass over you and I'll keep going. But all the firstborn of Egypt died. But then he brought them out and he took them through the water. And that's something. And then he buried what had made them slaves. Oh, I'm glad today for the plan that God had. And with that great deliverance that he would come and live on this planet, walk in this flesh, give his life, let them abuse him, kill him. Then he rose from the dead to show us that he's got power over death, hell, and the grave. And then he went away and sent the Holy Ghost back to live inside of me. Friend, let me tell you, I will not forget what God has done to me and for me. And Israel should, you know, it's mind-blowing that Israel would forget over and over. But God promised that he would take them to a land of milk and honey. He would fight for them. Long before he ever brought them out, he told them, he said, I'll take care of every enemy you've got. He went ahead and let them know, here's the plan. I'm going to wipe them out, put you in this land. And they just could not believe that. They could not trust that. At the first sign of trouble, they forgot God. But Deuteronomy 6 and 23 says he brought them out to bring them in. He had a plan all along. No matter what they would face, they would fight battles, have people against them, people that didn't like them. But he said, I brought you out so I could bring you in. 
and he did the same for us. God will not abandon us at the first sign of trouble. Their deliverance didn't happen all at once. We shouldn't always expect ours to happen all at once. Stand still and see what God will do because eventually they saw it. God did it, the faithful God. He is as good as his word because he is the word. I've said this before. I've made this, read this quote before, but uh, Corey Ten Boom said, when a train goes through a tunnel, and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. And that's, we got to trust God. We got to trust Him. We got to stand still and see what God will do for us. I'm going back to Proverbs 3 5. This time we'll add verse 6 to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And then He said, In all your ways, acknowledge Him and he will direct your path. And if that way leads you to the Red Sea, a wall of Jericho, a fiery furnace, a den of lions, you trust him because God has got a plan. Israel wanted to complain. And when we, as a complainer, we can surrender and dwell in the memories of our past life or we can trust God and see the miraculous. No matter what, you feel like crushing you, crashing down on you, coming against you today, remember God won't let you down. But don't bail out before he has a chance to work. Trust him. Believe in him. Give God a chance. You know, we're so good at giving you know, our, you know, people in leadership in this world a chance. Let's, give the, let's just give the president a chance. Let's just give the mayor a chance. Let's just give the governor a chance. Let's just give, you know, just give them a chance. And so we wait and wait and wait and wait, and then we, until we can have an election to vote them out if we didn't like them or vote them in if we want, you know, whatever. But man, if we would just give God that kind of chance, just give God a chance to work. Just vote Him into your life. Let Him uh, do what He's going to do. I'm going to finish with this, honey. You can come to the music. Hebrews chapter ten, in verse thirty-two. The writer said, he said, call to remembrance. You need to remember the former days. Remember back in which after you were illuminated, in other words, after God moved in your life, you got this revelation of how much Jesus loves you and what he did for you. Remember after that happened, you endured a great fight of affliction. There was nothing that could knock you down. You know, sometimes we let time erode our faith and our trust. So the writer said, you need to remember how you used to be because God ain't changed. You need to remember what he did. He said, now, part of these afflictions came while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions and, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. And he said, you had compassions of me and my bonds and you took joyful the spoiling of your goods because you knew in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. No matter what happens in this life, remember, folks, heaven's coming. I want to make it to heaven. There's a reward coming. So he said in verse 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Don't, don't lay that confidence down that you have in God. It has a great recompense, a reward. 
For you have need of patience. We don't like that. We want it now. But he said, you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But that's not us. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. No matter what comes my way, no matter how long it lasts, I'm going to keep believing that God is going to save me out of it. No matter how, you know, sometimes there's a little trouble has to come in our life. One writer said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. We, we got to have some trouble sometimes. Even Peter said that to the saints. He said, he said, if it has to be like this for now, he said, you're enduring all these temptations and these trials. It might need to be like that for now. Because sometimes that's what makes us better. Believe it or not, anybody can just float in a boat on a smooth sea. But it takes someone who's been through the storms to know how to survive. And sometimes we've got to go through the storm so we know how to survive it. Praise God. Let's stand together tonight. And, and while she's getting ready to sing tonight, I'm just going to invite you to the altar for a few minutes. I know you've been going through something all of us have. We all do. It's life. But would you come down tonight, maybe find a place and just tell the Lord, say, Lord, I trust you. Maybe you'll come down tonight and pray and say, Lord, remind me again of all these great things you've done in my life. Let's come and find a place and pray tonight. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's listen to him. The Lord will speak to you tonight. He'll comfort you in this house. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll come to you. Hallelujah. Let's find him in this house tonight.